fellow switches. What's up, Switches Nation? This is Sarah. And this is Zoe. Welcome to the second episode of our Switches podcast, where we talk everything Motherland for Salem. We should warn you ahead of time, the sound for breaks for this episode is going to be confusing, but it represents something dear to our guest. (laughs) For this episode, we have decided to cover an important topic, an element of TV that is generally very important to queer fans when picking a new show to watch. At least it's important to me when picking a new show. Yes, today we're going to be talking about queer representation. And for that, we have a very special guest. My favorite Australian. And our tech person, the one who created our great website and spent hours transcribing the pilot for you. G'day everyone, I'm Shayla, the resident tech dyke, and yeah, I have goats. They're idiots, I hate them and I love them. Okay, and we've talked about why Sarah and I love the show in the first episode, but why do you like the show, Shayla? I like it for many reasons. Uh, A main one obviously being Raelle and Scylla, partially because they're really pretty and I love them, but also because gay. And as the gayest person here, (coughs) 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 Sarah, we've discussed this. (laughs) I'm the gayest person here. Sure, sure. Anywho. um, Bobbles somewhere else. (laughs) Anyway, so I also love it because of the cinematography and how beautiful it's set out and laid out. But a main reason is definitely because the girls are pretty and the gay couples are just such a main part of the plot and the storylines and they get such a big part in the show compared to any other show that I've ever seen. It is such a a different treatment, isn't it, than, than we get on any other show or at least other than most shows that are out there right now. i I don't think I've ever quite seen this kind of queer representation on mainstream TV in a show quite like this. Honestly, there's no worry about being queer baited. I haven't felt that from a show in forever. There's no fear of a character just disappearing or getting written off in a weird way that leaves you kind of like empty on the inside and then starting to kind of hate your own fandom. You know, I think that it's represented well and and the show feeds us as a fandom very well on that aspect. They really do. They just... They show everyone, like, they show it so well and so much compared to other shows where you'll see it and they'll be like, oh, we have a gay character. And then they'll be like, oh, but you don't get to meet them till season two. Yay. (laughs) Or they're gay enough for a possible one-time kiss and then, like, they have despair, no relationship for, like, three seasons. (laughs) No flirting for three seasons. They're like, oh, women, or or we could pretend I'm straight for, like, six seasons. I feel like that's a great idea. Or every, oh, like, all 12 girls you're interested in, just dead. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay, so the scene is, is pretty tragic, which is why we need a show like Motherland for Salem. <laughs> yep. 
So I'm back in the closet for this segment because my nieces and nephew are extremely loud. So I've had to hide in my wardrobe. So that's going to be fun. Um, but that's why I'm going to be really loud or sound different for this now. But the witches in Motherland are seen as the minority rather than like your skin color or your gender or anything seeing as the minority. It's the fact that you're a witch. It's like a different species, I guess. They're seen as the other, even if the Salem Accord gives them the recognition in the law, they're still seen as being put into a box and not being given that freedom, I guess, that humans get. Together with that, with um, witches being the, the general metaphor for minorities, another thing that the creator of the show, Elliot, chose to do is take away labels connected to sexuality. Some shows have tried to do this before by putting in queer characters who defy labels by not defining themselves. But what Elliot has done here is just eliminate all kind of labels. So we don't get heterosexuals, we don't get homosexuals, we just get people with preferences. And that's that's the thing that I, in my opinion, he's done it really well because he didn't just take away sexuality. That's not the thing. There's still people who prefer the same sex. There's still people who only like the same sex or like both or, you know, more genders there's all of that just doesn't have a name you just don't get the label for example we know that rael is only attracted to the same sex and we know that because in the belting episode she says it herself we also know that Scylla, on the other hand um is attracted to at least two genders genders because um porter is her ex, should I say was, since he's pretty dead? Yeah, maybe I should say was. So we still get the representation all across the spectrum. We just don't get the labels. And I think that's really refreshing. Um, obviously, labels are important, especially in our society, because we do get discrimination. And sometimes people will feel like if you take away the label, you're kind of erasing them. But in a word like Motherland, it makes sense because it's set in an alternative reality and there isn't discrimination because of your sexuality. And so there's no need, at least how Elliot imagined it, there's no need for labels. And personally, I love that. At the same time, we do get, um, we do get some pressure on everyone, regardless of their preferences, to procreate. And again, we see this in the Belting episode, and I like that they managed to give this no-label situation while also considering there is still pressure from society to make babies, basically. So, Rael and Scylla are the sapphic couple of this season, or in general, and they are a main part of the entire plot their relationship is a big part because Scylla is spree and she's shown that in the first episode and Rael is extremely powerful and it's very obvious. But uh, Rael will have to deal with the fact that Scylla is spree at some point and that, cut, that ties into the fact that they are in a relationship and that 
if you remove their relationship, it wouldn't be anywhere near as powerful as it is or as in anywhere near as like meaningful as the plot would be with them. That last sentence didn't make any sense. But no, like to tie into that, if you erase them, you erase almost like I think a good like third to even like a half of just like the screen time and plot that is involved in Motherland in all honesty. Because it's it's a almost like a dance between this idea of evil versus good when it's a little more than that. Like, you know, the fine lines are a little hazy, you know. You don't fully know the motives we learn more about Scylla's, you know, drive and purpose while Raelle's still discovering what her own drive and purpose is. And together they kind of create a whole to- moving towards an end goal, but we don't fully know what that is yet because there's so many plot twists. But if you consider back into the first episode, almost like half of the screen time of that just that one episode is Rael, like Raelle, you know, and man do they end on quite a steamy point (laughs) they really do they just they end on like something that you wouldn't see on the first episode they end on something that you wouldn't see from like any other show and it's brilliant to see that to see that representation shown the screen time in the second episode is pretty much exactly a quarter of the whole thing is it really the screen time where the 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 couple you know that is because it's more than just the screen time they have together it's the screen time where they also talk about each other like i included sure. the party where tally um asks Rhea, like oh we're saying girlfriend now and including that it's uh 12 minutes so the episode is like 44 minutes so that's a quarter of the episode easily yeah um, wow it really is actually like a quarter their screen time just talking about each other or just being together is so amazing to see it's so like genuine and what you'd expect from a straight couple in a show yeah, which is, is, yeah. oh i was gonna say if you think about it like we don't get that content sometimes in a, like three seasons worth of a show to be honest which is really depressing yeah. To see them have, like, what, 11 kisses in five episodes is astounding. It's something, like, that you don't hear of from a TV yeah. show. And on another point I was going to say is that everyone, like, there are people who are like, oh, no, they're moving way too fast. You know, they need to slow down. They need to appreciate. I'm like, if all honesty, if this were, like, a heteronormative, like, couple it wouldn't be too fast. This happens all the freaking time. They move on from people to people within episodes a lot of shows, you know? But also, have one... you met a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> you hauling, you know? True. <laughs> Speaking of sexuality, last Friday was Beltane in real life. Yeah, it was. Motherland actually trended on Twitter Yes, as a fandom, we trended. The official Motherland Fort Salem hashtag trended on Twitter on Friday for Beltane. So, go us. So Beltane is about celebrating life. It's about energy. It's about starting something new. It's about fertility, uh, like they show in, in the series. 
So I have a question um, pertaining the real, which is actually a dance of almost that promotes fertility in um, Motherland Fort Salem. Is that activity actually practiced in real life? Fun fact, there is a dance, a fertility dance observed on Beltane. It's not it's not called the real dance, but it's called the maple dance. And it's celebrated um, all over the world. And it is, it's tied with fertility. Beltane usually, um, well, for some people, the way some people celebrate Beltane, it ends in a sort of ritual sex that is supposed to, is supposed to like generate energy. And this is kind of reflected in the show with the real dance and the way that the real dance pairs you up with your ideal partner for the night. Another part of Beltane is the bonfire ritual. It seems to have originated in Ireland when they would light a giant bonfire during Beltane and share burning logs with which to light their homes. This is possibly my favorite part of Beltane, and I know that in Scotland, they they actually still do it. They they hold events with bonfires to celebrate Beltane. Obviously, there were none last week because pandemic, but it's uh, it's an element of Beltane that I absolutely love. Might say something about me that I'm so obsessed with fire, but let's ignore that. How can we celebrate Beltane in quarantine? There are many ways to celebrate at home. Obviously, it also depends in what way you're celebrating Beltane. If you're if you're a Wiccan, if you're a pagan, you might want to do some actual rituals. And I'm sure that if you are, you would know much more about it than me. But if you just like the festivity and want to join in with the energy of the day, there's... Uh, there's plenty of little things that you can do from home as well. You could make, um, you could do some art and craft. The idea is uh, creation. Anything new that is done at Beltane with the spirit of Beltane in mind kind of counts as a celebration. Uh, you can make mini maples, uh, which are significant to the festivity itself. You can go online to see how to make them. You could bake something. You could just have a new activity. You could start something new. You could uh, be productive. That's a big part of the day. You could have a ritual bath, which is basically just an energizing bath. Um, but those are all ways to celebrate from home while you stay safe. And the main thing is to keep in mind the spirit of the Bel- of Beltane, which is basically energy and life. So long you're so long as you're celebrating life, you're celebrating Beltane. So with all the unexpected plot twists and turns, who do you expect to possibly die this season, Shayla? Um, I personally think that Alda is going to die or at least lose her throne as the general this season because there's just she's just you can see in the way that characters are acting around her that she doesn't hold their respect as much anymore or like she doesn't 
hold that sort of authority against them, especially in the way that Kalita just tears her down so easily in episode seven. She's just like, oh yeah, I'll totally show you the um the songs and then just like rips her to shreds. And it's like, that's funny. You're not trusted. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kalita on that note is a lot more powerful than we think. Cause even how she said her brother did her his job, like, you know, kind of like as kind of either like a protector or messenger, but is not really like a powerful authority. Like she is something more. Yeah, in the after show, it's actually said that, at least I think it is, in the after show, it's said that she's, like, some high powerful part of um, the Tarim community back where they come from. And also to mention, I think Elliot did it in an interview where he said in season two they would go into even a naval unit, which is a totally different branch of military than, like, the army is. So it's, like, interesting to see if they will have their own kind of general or leader if, um, when, I should say, we get season two being brought in more so to help, I guess, dethrone the focus or, like, take away the focus or dethrone, I guess, Alder. What about you, Sarah? Who are you expecting to have, you know, hit the bricks, you know, fall over, six feet under, (laughs) all that jazz? Do you have any other ways to say die? Kick the bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, um, I'm actually very worried about Lebba because I love Lebba and I don't want her to die. But considering Abigail is supposed to speak at somebody's funeral and we see Abigail and Lebba sort of team up next episode, I'm really afraid that she's going to die. I suppose it would make sense considering the sort of friendship arc that she has with Abigail, how they start as kind of enemies. And then we do see, even just now, even if we haven't seen a lot of it, we do sort of see them getting closer because Libba, even in episode two, she was at the party in the dorm. And that would be weird if she really couldn't stand Abigail. So we kind of see that they're, they play enemies, but they they kind of get along when they have to. And this ne- next episode seems like they might bond, and that would be, you know, a good a good point to kill Libba off and crush all of our hearts. I mean, if you focus on, there was a small scene too when they were doing their um their like drop test, like where Rael had it um do an example of using Salva because she's like the experienced one way to call mm-hmm. her out um there's just a glimpse of a moment where Libba's looking over at abigail and it's almost not like sh- there's no like snarkiness no snide where she needs to bite at her it's more like an almost empathy sympathy look and i like noted it right after episode when i watched it for the second time because it airs twice i saw it and i was like oh my god a bibba <laughs> or libigail <laughs> you know but no she is our favorite dumb noodling nene horse from a dumb noodling nobody family i don't want to see her you know i definitely don't want to see her die i love sarah the the actress who plays leba so much she's so much fun and i love it on the show and i don't want her i don't want her to die but i am afraid that she might yeah, I love her so much, and I really would not want to see her not show up again, 
because her character just seems like it. There's so much room for like a redemption arc, even if she does, she doesn't really need one. But there's so much room for growth there, and to see her like not get the chance just really hurts my heart. Now to ask you guys as the audience, who do you, I guess more say, expect or want to see killed in this season or return for season two? On that note, as always, um, send us submissions, requests at our email, mfswitches at gmail.com. And thank you, Shayla, for being on this episode with us. We really enjoyed having you. Yes, thank you for coming on, Ozzy. We all love to hear your thoughts and opinions, and we can't wait to have you back. Thank you guys so much for having me. I've actually had an absolute blast. Even if I'm sitting in my closet recording this, I um, I've had so much fun talking to you guys about this. And I am happy to come back if you ever need someone to talk about being gay with. <laughs> I ace it. <laughs> Um, But yeah, thank you guys for having me. And I look forward to transcribing this because we're all idiots and have had so much fun. (laughs) All right. And with that, thank you everybody for tuning in. Onward to glory, soldiers.